Hey everybody, welcome to episode 33 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. And I'm Austin Ivey and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists here in Utah. Today in this episode, we're going to talk about anger and different ways we can express it, whether that is healthy or unhealthy. And then we'll give you two simple tools, little acronyms that you can use on a day-to-day basis to help you deal with your anger. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. All right, well, let's get right into it. Let's do it. I'm going to apologize in advance for the nasally sound that's coming from my mouth. Um, I, I had a sinus infection over the weekend, and that's part of the reason why this is coming out later than it usually does, because usually we record and then we put it out, but yeah. I was sick. I was, I couldn't, I could barely talk without coughing every 10 seconds, and so now I can at least hold it for the duration of a podcast episode, so He's got this. I got this now. <laughs> so hopefully, it, well, I'll, I'll get through this episode without coughing or getting to the point where um, I sound so nasally that you don't, you stop listening, so please bear with us. But like we said, we're talking about anger today. And so if this episode's for anyone who has ever gotten anger, who has ever gotten angry, so literally anyone, specifically Zuko right now, apparently. He's yeah, if just, you can hear Zuko right now, he's, he's getting just, really angry. There he goes. Okay. See you later. <laughs> Bye, Zuko. But yeah, we're talking about anger and how to control it. And like we talked about in the intro, some helpful tools, acronyms from a recent workshop that we were able to be trained in that we're going to yeah. get into a little bit later. So It's going to be really exciting. Yeah. And we're still exciting new stuff. to it as well, so we got to learn together here. Exactly, yeah. Exciting stuff. But I guess getting right into it, we're going to define anger. We're going to break it down how we usually do with stuff like this. This definition comes from verywellmind.com. It says that anger is an intense emotion you feel when something or when something has gone wrong or someone has wronged you. It is typically characterized by feelings of stress, frustration, and irritation. Everyone feels anger from time to time, and it's perfectly normal. It's a perfectly normal response to frustrating or difficult situations. So what I just wanted to touch on that is that a lot of the times we characterize or stigmatize anger as a bad thing. And it's really not. It's a a lot of the time it's a primary emotion depending on the situation, a primary emotion meaning you can't control it because it's backed up by feelings of stress, frustration, and irritation, and you typically can't control those feelings. And so that's the first thing we wanted to touch on as we got into this today, is that if you do feel that you have, like, quote-unquote, anger issues, where you just feel these emotions a lot of the time without, seemingly without your ability to control it, it's because it is normal, and it is sometimes an uncontrollable feeling that just kind of comes and goes. The real problem is the way it manifests and the way that you handle that feeling. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you've seen Inside Out, the Disney movie about emotions and stuff, I think they do a good job at showing how sometimes anger is uncontrollable and it just kind of happens. But there's also, in the movie, kind of a negative connotation around anger. Yeah. Like, uh-oh, he's about to get angry. And then he just rah, blows Flames. up, gets all flamey and... Uh, you know, it's a, they portray it as a, as a bad thing, as a negative thing. But the important thing in that definition is what Austin was just saying, how it's normal. It really is. And it's, I would say even oftentimes it's necessary in certain mm-hmm. situations. It really is. And again, it's just very circumstantial. And I would say, I mean, 
one of the ways that you would you could tell if you have an anger issue is if you get angry in, during situations when anger necessarily shouldn't be the primary emotion there. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, because I have, I would say, <laughs> I can get angry a lot. And a lot of the times when I'm angry or irritated or frustrated, it's in a perfectly, like, normal response or normal situation when those feelings kind of should be present. But I also still have those you know, tendencies, those situations when I'm, like, playing a video game or something and I get really angry. I'm like, yeah. Okay, like, <laughs> anger during a video game, I would think, I mean... It can be normal when you're not performing the way you want to or doing like a hard level or something, but it's not okay and not normal to be, I guess I shouldn't say not normal, but it's not okay to express anger like verbally and be really, and that's what we're going to talk about here too. Mm. Like when you're playing video games or there's, there's going to be healthy ways to deal with your anger while you're gaming. Exactly. So yeah. You can use these tools for you, you gamer. Boom. You gamer. <laughs> I, found a, I did a, a quick Google search because... Um, while we're like on the subject, it might be good to differentiate like what does bad anger look like in a in like its worst form? Like what does that look like? Just a quick Google search. Um, this is from the Kentucky Counseling Center. It says anger can escalate as a form of mental health disorder involving sudden episodes of anger, aggression. Oh no, sorry. Of course, that's anger, aggression, impulsivity, impulsivity, or disruptive behavior. If you have anger issues, you're uninten- unintentionally seen breaking objects abusing people or animals, probably either physically or mm-hmm. like emotionally, verbally, mm-hmm. frequent road rage, and having temper tantrums. So that probably... <clears throat> said I wasn't going to cough. That was a small one. So we're not going to count it. So if you um, if you feel like you have an anger issue, unless you're doing stuff like that where it's like detrimental to other people or it's like hurting other people or breaking things, it's probably not an anger issue. If you get angry, that's okay. But if it's getting into this, maybe you do. And that's okay. That's what we're. That's the whole point of this episode. That's what we're going to be talking about: how to control it and manage it in a manage it and express it in healthy ways. So um, we're going to talk about a couple different forms of anger, what it can look like, and how it manif- manifests in different people. So this comes from yourlifecounts.org. Yes, it great, does. Great article that I read. If, we're going to link it in the show notes if you want to read it. I learned a lot from it. It was great. Um, but the first form of anger is my anger of choice and that's passive aggressive a passive aggression or mm-hmm. passive aggressive mm-hmm. personality trait that is me to in a nutshell and they describe <laughs> passive aggressiveness one as, trait that is not you yeah it's a trait. <laughs> that's true yeah but like this is how i show my anger is very mm-hmm. passively but they say in the article they describe it as many don't like to admit that they're angry because they don't like confrontation if you're not looking if you're not watching youtube i'm pointing at myself because that's me but they don't like confrontation. This is called passive aggression. This comes out in things like being coming silent when you're angry, sulking, procrastinating, putting off putting off stuff that you don't need to do, and just pretending that everything is fine. Passive aggression can come from a need to be in control. So this is like stonewalling, ignoring, silent treatment, um, pretending like it's not bothering you even though it is and it just grows underneath the surface. And it is a very unhealthy form of anger, even though it for me, it's always I've always seen it as like a healthier form of anger because it's not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. and it's not I'm not yelling, I'm not getting mad, it's not physically showing itself, so it's fine, right? But what it usually does is it makes things worse underneath yeah. the surface, and it builds up, and then it comes out in huge, 
volcano eruption. Like the inside-out anger. Exactly. So that's why passive aggression can be so harmful. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, I don't know the whole science right now off the top of my head between these types of angers, but I'm assuming they're all pretty similar. But I might even argue that passive-aggressive is the worst for you, yourself, to bottle up yeah and not say anything um because i mean in all these situations when you're angry your cortisol is going to build up and have an excess amount of cortisol which is the stress hormone and just not feel great at all but when you bottle that up you're holding on to those emotions and they're just kind of sitting there and that can be detrimental to you yeah it's like um i always envision it as like putting a block of cheese in like a, a shed like, I don't know, instead of, like, instead of, like, throwing away a piece of, like, moldy cheese and, like, taking care of it, you, like, put it in a, a shed or underneath, like, the rug. Like, that, that's yeah. probably a good one, it's putting it underneath the rug. Yeah. And while it's underneath the rug, it's just molding and getting worse. It's starting to smell. And then you pull back the rug and it's just disgusting because you never took care of it in the first place. Yeah. And that's probably the best form of passive aggression is just throwing that moldy cheese underneath the rug for it to become more moldy and more of an issue. Ooh. So, um... Sorry, yeah. I hit the mic there. Oops, sorry. But yeah, that's passive aggression, and it can be dangerous, and it can yeah. it can lead to the next form of aggression pretty easily. Yeah. And it's not healthy. Neither is this next one, which is being open with your anger. And when someone thinks of anger, at least me, this is what I think of when someone says, oh, he was angry, or I was angry, or whatever. This is kind of the basic definition or basic, the stigma of anger. This is what people think of. So from the article, it says, many people have a tendency to lash out in anger and rage becoming physically or verbally aggressive and can oftentimes hurt themselves or others. This is called open aggression. This comes out in fighting, bullying, blackmailing, accusing, shouting, bickering, sarcasm, and criticism. Open aggression can also come from a need to be in control. Now, let me tell you, back in high school, I would play a ton of video games. And this was definitely my kind of anger right here. Like in Call of Duty or something. When I kept on dying, I would punch my desk. Like, ah, slam it down. And one time I just punched it so hard I broke it. My desk broke and I hurt my hand. So that's how uh, why it says if someone's often angry or at least has open aggression, they can hurt themselves because they can punch things. Whether that be a desk, wall person hopefully not but that's what it can lead into that's what it can lead into for sure especially when you let it bottle up even if you are more open with your aggression if like you don't take care of that open aggressive open aggression healthily like if you don't manage it eventually it's going to get to a point where you're doing it so often it's going to ramp itself up right like a linear fashion it's going to continue to get worse kind of slowly until the point where you lash out on like a child a co-worker parent your god forget god forbid your spouse like you hate your spouse right. or your kid and that 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 turns into legalities that turns into divorce and losing your job losing relationships and we don't want that and so even those smaller forms of aggression like punching your couch when you're playing for me it was punching the couch when i played call of duty <laughs> i would just punch the softer parts of the couch and it seemed like harmless because i was right. just punching the couch yeah one time i missed the cushion oh. and i punched the like little column where there was a part where you can lift up and put like yeah like controllers and stuff thing, yeah. yeah i missed the cushion and i hit that and i punched it like right like it'd be i think it would have been like a knuckle 
like a, a boxer's fracture. If I would have, oh, wow. if I would have like broken it, that's yeah. what it would have been. But it just hurt so bad. And it's like you're on YouTube, I like a bruise, like across my my like my fingers right there because I hit the corner of it. Oh, it hurt so gosh. bad. And from that point on, I never punched the couch Jeez. again. But that's what it can turn into. Like it was just every now and then it'd just be like a really soft hit to the couch. But then I was so mad, just boom, punch the couch. And it's just I guess the point of me bringing that up is that even little forms of open aggression can build up into a really harmful lashing out of open aggression that yeah. involves someone else and starts to get really serious. And so it's it's just dangerous. And that's why anger is so. I think that's why it is so. So that's why it is so stigmatized is yeah. because of some of the things that happen as an outcome. Right. Of aggression, like domestic violence, murder, like harming other people, mass shootings. It usually comes from anger. Mm. And so yeah. I think that's why it is so stigmatized. But we're going to talk about more healthy forms of anger today. Yeah. Rather than the dramatic forms of domestic abuse and violence and um, fatality. Yeah. Fatality-based anger. Yeah. So. And I'm glad you brought up the punching the couch because we right now we're teaching at an elementary school. Oh yeah, yeah. But both of us teach at different elementary schools right now. And we're bas- it's basically teaching in a nutshell CBT, different coping mechanisms, healthy coping techniques to fifth and sixth graders. And a lot of them say when we say how do you like what do you do when you're angry or what's a healthy way? And they say obviously, I mean, with great intentions, like, "Oh, I punch the couch or I scream into my pillow. And that's obviously, you know, things that their parents probably taught them to do or things that they've maybe seen at home. But like Austin was saying, those aren't healthy ways to cope with anger. Although, I mean, that's something that I thought was healthy all through high school, you know, even, you know, up until I started going to school. um, Yeah, absolutely. Starting these college courses that uh, anger actually... You know, punching your pillow, screaming into a pillow or whatever your bed actually isn't healthy because it can and eventually will lead to higher forms of aggression. It's like you start low and it's like with anything, like with addictions, drugs, whatever. Yeah. It's just one one puff or whatever. It's a gateway. It's a yeah. gateway, yeah. It's the gateway to anger, to open aggression, to full open aggression, is just screaming into your pillow, punching your pillow, doing all that. And so, yeah, if that's something you do, like, hey, first of all, that's better than punching a person Yeah. or screaming, it's a good start. At, screaming in someone's face. Okay, it's, it's a good start, but we can do better. And... That's what we're going to start going into. Yeah, there's always a good, better, best with everything. I think punching yeah. a pillow, screaming into a pillow, or even like going to the gym and like hitting the punching bag and stuff. Yeah. Like specifically out of anger. I think that can be a good form of anger management, but it's definitely not better and it's definitely not best. And that's, yeah. we're going to get into that here in a second yep. with some really good coping mechanisms. But yeah, it's a, it can, it creates a neural pathway of like stimulus to where, your brain will automatically connect anger to screaming and anger to punching. And so there might become a point where usually it's a pillow, but when you do it so often into the pillow, maybe one time you won't have a pillow nearby. Exactly. And and since that neural pathway is so beaten down into your brain that that's how you cope, what if you punch, I'm going to say harmless things, like maybe you punch your car, you punch something a little bit harder, maybe you end up hitting someone else. And that can hurt you. Let's say you punch something harder that you don't have it around and you hurt yourself or you break something. 
Um, and then that's just not fun to deal with, but we all know what can happen if you, you punch someone, especially a, a spouse or a kid, not going to end up well. And so the point of that being when you use that as your coping mechanism, that's going to become the go-to source for your brain. Mm-hmm. And so even when you're not in a position where the pillow's not available, that's the first thing it's going to go to exactly. and it might come out in a bad way. And yeah. so you have to focus on the healthier forms of coping because those are the mo the more sustainable forms yeah, and situations of, of management. You can use them in every situation. Exactly. It's yeah. Like, you can't always, you would always have a pillow to punch. Yeah. Like what so, if you're at work, you yeah. know, or what if you're a teacher, you can't just say, give me a minute and go into your office, ah, scream yeah. into a pillow or whatever. And come back. You yeah. can't like, no, you can't do that. And so you need to, that's like, yeah, those are situational and these tools we're going to give you aren't situational. Use them anything. Yep. It's great. You can use them anywhere, anytime. Exactly. So the, the, the third form of anger this is the healthy form called assertive anger. It's the health. Then this is from the, it's a direct quote from the article. Uh, the healthy way to deal with anger is by being controlled and confident, talking and listening and open to help in dealing with the situation. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is starting to sound like a Morgan Freeman. This assertive anger can help relationships to grow. It means thinking before you speak, being confident in how you say it, yet being open and flexible to the other side. It means being patient, not raising your voice, communicating how you feel emotionally, and really trying to understand what others are feeling. When you deal with anger assertively, you demonstrate that you are mature and care about the relationships and yourself. And man, that's just a, that's why I love this article so much Money. because it's just so perfect on the dot, on the nose, shows perfectly that anger can be so constructive. Just like any emotion, especially the negative ones like anxiety and sadness, it shows there's always a flip side, that there's another side of the coin that shows how beneficial it can be. And so I love when it says that um, when you deal with your angle, anger assertively, you demonstrate that you're mature and care about your relationships and yourself and it can be an opportunity to grow. Um, that's just, it just shows the, the flip side of the coin, like how we talked about at the beginning of the episode, that if you do deal with this, and this is a, a struggle for you, that it, it can be turned into something positive. And so now we're going to get into the, to the tools to help us turn that anger into a healthy anger, which is that assertive anger. And this comes from a, a great workshop, that, like we said earlier, that we took Two weeks ago? Was it two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks, yeah. Yeah, it was a three-day workshop, eight hours a day, seven hours a day for three days in a row, um, called the Guiding Good Choices Workshop. We were trained to be facilitators in it. It was written by the University of Washington, mm-hmm. and it was written in the, I think, the early 90s. So it's been around for a while, and it's extremely, extremely effective. And there's, it's a whole thing. It's, it's evidence-based. Many, very evidence-based. Which based. is a big thing. It's not just going off theories. It's yeah. the things that actually work. And have been studied for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's been proven to work like specifically in families that take it as well. There's great numbers that show that after parents take that relationships and family life improves. It's really, really cool actually. And it's it's mainly focused on the helping kids with like refusing substance abuse and uh, kind of stuff like that. But there's a whole lesson on communication and managing anger. And so if you're interested in learning more about the Guiding Good Choices Workshop, We'll link the website in the description so you can see if it's in your area. If you can take a workshop in your local area, I believe there's some online resources that you can take and look into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a paywall. I believe there is for some of the resources. 
Um, but if not, that's great. But I think there's resources to where you can find it in your local area. I think there's online classes you can take. So it's really cool. And then if you live in the, let's say Pleasant Grove, Linden, Orem, Utah area in that general specific area around the beginning of April, yours truly, your hosts of what about therapy <laughs> will probably have the opportunity to be facilitating one of these workshops. And so if you're in this area, living around this area, um, in the future, in the coming days, we'll provide links for you to maybe sign up if you have kids yeah, and cool. want to get involved. We might be teaching a workshop here soon. So we'll be going over this in depth in one of those lessons, yeah. but that's where it comes from. And it's really cool stuff. And even if you don't have kids, I think, uh, cause guiding and choices is supposed to be preventative. Yeah. Right. And it targets mainly the nine to 14 year old kids and how to, you know, bond with them and mm -hmm. how to create stronger relationships with them. But because this is a preventative workshop, it can also be taken if you don't have any kids and it can be really beneficial to give you and your spouse something to think about. Yeah. Think about different ways you want to raise your kids and can I give you, give you a solid base to work from for when you start having kids. Yeah. And so you're not really lost. I mean, they say there's no book to parenting or yeah. how to do that, but Guiding Good Choices is a great resource on actually how to parent, you yeah, know, and how to properly cope with things like anger and how to build relationships with your children, even when they're being naughty. Yeah. It can be seen. It can be like a pre-parenting workshop. They have even used it in like management workshops for like corporations and companies. They use like a similar curriculum and they teach it to like managers, CEOs and bosses of like major companies because it's all the same. It's about bonding. It's about developing healthy behaviors and developing the relationships. So it's really cool. So if you're into it, check out the link in the description, check out the website, message us on Facebook, yeah, Instagram. We'll get you sent to the right place to get you set up with it because it really is an amazing resource and you're going to see why because the things we're talking about next come directly from the curriculum and they're amazing. And we have these little magnets that our boss made us. She's awesome. Um, it's one of the acronyms. I don't know if you can see it on YouTube, but the first acronym we're going to be talking about when it comes to controlling your anger, the first tool is the STAR method. S-T-A-R-R. -R. If you want to be a star, this is for you. Follow these steps. So first one, like I said, is S. The first step in this tool is to stop. If you're feeling this, these feelings of anger arise, and everyone has different, I guess, manifestations of what their anger feels mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. It says, I'll, I'll read, read this from the magnet. It says, stop and notice your anger symptoms. And be a little bit mindful of what's going on inside of your brain and in your body to notice that I'm feeling angry. That, like, just like an inside out, the little red little anger guy is starting to take the controls on the control board in the movie. So you just have to recognize that. That's the first step. It's like an addiction almost. You have to stop and recognize, I'm starting to feel this and it's going to be a problem. Like when I get angry, my head starts to get really hot and I feel like a pressure in my chest. Mm -hmm. and so I feel like a burning in my stomach. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like a tingly feeling that starts yeah. in my stomach, goes to my fingers. Like literal really fire. Weird. Yeah, literal fire. It's yeah. that's how I would describe it. So the first stop, the first stop, first step, <laughs> S, stop and recognize the symptoms. First stop, stop. First. Now we're on our way to the second stop, which is T or think. So this says think about what could happen if you lose control. And I really like this one actually. When we learned about this a couple weeks ago, I was 
Now this one really intrigued me, where a lot of us, especially when we get really angry, we don't stop and we don't think about what could happen if I you know, let this anger go. Or as in, if I'm really, if I have open aggression, um, if I'm really open with my anger, what could happen? I could hurt a relationship. I could end a relationship. I could hurt myself, hurt someone else. And so just think, stop and then think about what would happen, what will happen if you continue to go down this path of anger. Great. So stop and think. Third one is the A, and that is ask. Ask yourself what you really want to happen here. So after you've stopped and thought about what could happen, you've noticed your anger, you want to ask yourself, what's the outcome that would be beneficial that I want to have happen here? So for example, let's maybe put an example to this. Maybe I'll think of the one from the... Uh, one of the videos and guiding good choices. Yes. Let's say you're a parent and you walk into the bathroom and your kid has left a mess on like the counter. Like I know my mom would, like she got so mad at me all the time when I'd like shave and leave the shavings. So maybe this is an example of your life. It's, maybe this is, yeah. <laughs> like, so let's use that example. Let's say um, you walk in, find hair in the sink and you have like this rule that you clean up the sink after you're done in your house. Mm -hmm. You just have that expectation that rule you walk in after your daughter or your son and there's, it's just a mess and it's like a shared bathroom. Um, you're probably going to feel anger. So you're going to want to stop and notice that and think about what would happen if you lost control. Like what would I, what would happen to this relationship if I like lost control and got mad at my child for this. And after you've done that, you ask yourself, okay, what do I really want to have happen in this situation? Do I want them to clean it up? Do I want them to be punished? Do I just want to clean it up myself? You really want to figure out what you want out of the, out of the situation. So it's, it's really a lot of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. That's what I've, really, what, uh, yeah. what I've realized is that yep. being present in the moment, noticing what you feel and noticing what you truly want. It's really great. Yeah. So that's, that's the third one. It's ask. Yeah. And real quick, I know when we talked about the assertive anger, at least when uh, I learned about that or heard that definition. I was like, okay, that's really cool, but it's really hard, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And the cool thing about STAR, about this acronym and another acronym we're going to talk about is these are tools that you can practice. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you get angry and these aren't things you've practiced, then you may not do it right the first time or the second time or the 10th time, you know, but be patient with yourself and just keep doing your best, keep trying. And eventually, this will kind of be the, the new neural pathway mm -hmm. that, you've, that you've, you've dug and created. Because first, to get rid of a habit, you need to get rid of that neural pathway, and that takes time. Mm -hmm. There's no way around that. Yeah. And there's no way around forming a new neural pathway, time, and doing it over and over and over again. And so if you're thinking right now, as I have, like, okay, I, I struggle with this and it's really hard, then have no fear. It's going to be okay. Be patient with yourself and remember STAR. And that brings us to the first R, which is reduce. You want to reduce your anger, breathe, and ground yourself to the present moment. And like Austin just said, it, it really is being mindful. And this mm -hmm. one especially if you've listened to some of our Monday mindfulness and meditation days that we're actually going to start back up here soon, which we're excited about. 
you can simply practice some of those tools. A lot of them are breathing exercises. The simplest one is just focus on your breath. Count to 10 with each inhale is one, exhale is two. Just simple things like that can reduce your anger. And when you're angry, your heart rate starts to beat faster. It starts to go up. And using these mindfulness tools, these breathing exercises, it can actually slow down your heart rate a lot quicker. And so when you, I talked about this in one of our past episodes, when you breathe out slowly, that's telling your, your brain's telling your heart to beat slower. And when you breathe in really quick, that's telling your, your brain's telling your heart to beat faster. And so the longer the exhale, the slower your heart rate will be. And so that's the first R. So you got to stop, think, ask, what do you want to happen here? And then reduce your anger because you can't move on. You can't make something, how do I want to say this? You can't make a great outcome while you're just livid fuming pissed. yeah you, you nothing's know. gonna happen while you're still right max level capacity anger yep. and along with reducing there's gonna be a lot of different forms of that for different people i would say breathing is should be everyone's go-to number one don't stop breathing yeah don't stop that you're probably gonna stop breathing when you really get angry i know <laughs> i do and like you just get red in the face at least that's me and then everyone's different and everyone has different things that they can healthily cope with anger so just think for you what that would look like. What can mm -hmm. I do to healthily reduce mm -hmm. this anger? Do I need to go on a walk, get outside, and get away from everybody for like two to three minutes? Maybe even longer. Maybe I need to go get away for an hour and just yeah. go on a drive and like healthily just process my anger so you don't lash out on someone. Right. So that could take the form of just stepping out for a second, going to your room, laying down for five minutes, and just removing yourself for a few minutes so you can go back to the situation and handle it in the proper headspace. So breathe, get away, go pet your dog. For me, if I had a dog, that's what it would be for me. <laughs> Maybe just turn on your favorite song for a second, listen to the lyrics, listen to the beat, really be present, reduce that anger, and then return to the situation and do, well, I guess well, that's the next acronym that we're gonna talk about, figure it out, solve the issue. Um, but the last R, so the second R, um, is reward. So reward yourself for keeping your cool. If you know anything about positive psychology or habit creation, um, there needs to be a reward for for positive movement. For There needs to be a positive consequence to your actions. So you'll do it in the future. So whatever form that takes, whether you, if you like coffee, you go have a cup of coffee. If you like soda, you go to the gas station and get yourself a Diet Coke. Or you, you, have a, you get a bowl of ice cream, eat it, you go eat the candy bar you've been saving, you go play an hour of Fortnite or Xbox. Minecraft. Or Minecraft. Whatever that <laughs> is for you, go healthily reward yourself. And um, really take that moment to allow yourself to enjoy the fact that you did something good. You controlled your anger. Because that's going to reinforce the, the future of you controlling mm -hmm. your anger. You're going to want to do it more and more on a psychological level. It's going to become easier when you reward yourself for doing so. So as a quick recap, recap, star is S-T-A-R-R, stop, think, ask, reduce, and reward. And that is the first initial step in controlling your anger. So it's, that's how you, that's what goes on inside of you. That's all internal, that's all you. Typically it doesn't involve anybody else. That's just the way to stop it and to get control of it. And so the next acronym is how we handle it in communication with other people how we solve problems, and how we healthily 
express our anger to solve problems and to overcome obstacles. And that is the FEW acronym. FEW. Spelled F-E-F-E-W-W. And if you're watching on YouTube, it's in this beautiful blue font (laughs) made by our wonderful manager at our internship. And so the first... At the first acronym, the first letter of the acronym, the F, is feel, and that is to tell the person how you feel. And so, if you're angry, you've gone through root star, you've done that, um, and now you're in the situation where you're starting to resolve the, the the concern, the thing that made you angry. You found the hair in the sink, and you want to solve it. The first thing you're going to do is go to the person that made you angry, and tell them how you feel. It's the first step. Yeah, and the. The thing I love about these acronyms, STAR and FEW, is that they can be implemented with every emotion, mm-hmm. not just anger. And so with feelings, like I love the phrase, I feel, instead of I am. We talk about that a lot yeah, in yeah. the therapy world. You aren't your emotions. You're simply experiencing your emotions. You're feeling them. And so if you say, if you're feeling depressed, you say, I feel depressed or I feel angry. You're not angry, you're not depressed. You feel those. And that's a big difference. That plays a big role also psychologically with in yourself. So the next one is E. This is event. So identify the specific event that produced your feeling. So I'm feeling angry because Austin left his beard shavings in the sink there you go simple as that yeah you can't just be angry or especially if you have kids or your spouse you can't just express i feel angry i'm angry i'm mad and not say why like why you know help the other person first of all to help you get through and i like identify ways that you can work through it together that's what we'll talk about too but yeah that's kind of like the next thing is the E is the event, pinpointing what caused the Y, which is the next step, which is it's the first W, which is Y. But you're, you're pinpointing the causation and not just, I'm angry because I'm angry. I'm angry because I said so. You're specifically saying this happened and it made me angry. And then the next step, which is the first W, is Y. You just explain why that event produced the feelings. If we're going back to the beard shavings and the sink analogy, mm-hmm. why is that? make you angry tell the person why that makes you angry it could be that um you like a clean house and we have an expectation for a clean house or we have a rule that if you use the bathroom you clean up after yourself and now i'm angry that you're breaking that rule or you just don't like the the fact that they disrespect the house and leaving it dirty and you tell them that whatever the feeling is it's always going to be valid unless it's completely irrational and um blaming a person for something but if your your why is going to be very unique and it's 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 valid in your concern and so explain that explain that to the person why you're feeling angry because of that event that's made you feel angry so, so just be open and honest with the person and that level of honesty is really going to open up honest conversation for the next step which is finding the solution and what the the explaining the why does is helps the other person really practice empathy and yeah, to see where yeah. you were coming from it helps them put themselves in your shoes so they can say oh okay like i can see i can see how that makes you upset or i can see how that makes you angry and that brings us to the last one the last w which is what 
So explore what the options are and make a plan to solve the problem. So when, and this really helps, these, I mean, all these things, they build off of each other. And so when you explain the why, you can then have a better connection with that person because empathy is, you know, being practiced, being expressed. And with that, you can talk together and say, you know, what are some options that we can do to, you know, next time you shave, we don't have such a mess in the sink. Yeah. What, what can we do? Can yeah. I get you a different shaver? Can we... Yeah. What's something that I can help you do to solve this problem? Yeah, rather than, I, what are we going to do? How are you going to fix this? Can I get you a... Yeah. My wife got me this, actually. It's a little, like, big bib that they put over you as uh, when you get a haircut, you know? But it has little hooks on the end, so you hook it up to the mirror. And so it's a big, like, catcher thing. <laughs> and it just falls into yeah. the thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. So there you go. That's a solution. Like, can I yeah. get you that? Or what can we do? Like, can I help you remind you or... We need to put Whatever. a little but. post-it note on the mirror. You just need to find a solution. Yeah. And so just going back through it, we're going to go over it really quick because it's so important. F, you tell the person how you feel. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling frustrated. At next step, identify the event that produced the feeling. I feel this way because blank. And you want, again, you want to avoid blaming or like generalizing, criticizing. You don't want to make it at like, you don't want to attack and blame the person that you're talking to. I'm feeling angry because you suck. Exactly. It's not. Perfect example. It's not very great. Yeah. I'm feeling angry because I found beard shavings in the sink. And I believe um, you just shaved, right? Like it's not, you did this. You made this mess. I found this and this is making me angry. You explain why? Because I like a clean house. We have rules to keep the bathroom clean. And then turn to solutions. Ask how are we going to solve this and what can I do to help you solve this and what, how can we work together? So that is few. And we'll put this in the show notes. If, so you don't need to remember it. We'll put yeah. down like the steps and the explanations. But it really is amazing and it can be applied to so many different situations as a manager, as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, as a brother, and not just with anger, with anxiety, depression. I'm feeling sad because of this. How are we going to fix it? It really is an amazing way to communicate. And so if communication isn't a strong point for you, I would suggest you use, um, especially the few method. It's gonna, it's a good framework to how to talk about your emotions and find solutions to problems because those are typically the main points of miscommunication is not identifying the problem and not finding helpful solutions that are synergistic. So it really is an amazing thing. That's why we talk so highly at the Guiding Good Choices Workshop. Yeah. And we would suggest each of you look into it because it really is amazing. We both learned a lot. And these two acronyms, the STAR and the FEW, they really help with overcoming your anger. So if you do have these anger issues, start applying them into your life and use these two acronyms. Think about the things we've talked about today because they will positively impact the way that you express and manage your anger. Yeah, and remember, when you're practicing these acronyms, I think it, the big thing is it helps you realize that it's not you versus them. Yeah. It's you two working together versus the problem. And so, like we said earlier, it's not, I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling depressed because you did this. It's not you versus them. It's, there's something that's causing that emotion that maybe they did, but yeah. you just say, you know, I'm feeling angry because this happened. And well, because, I mean, that really hurt my feelings because it hurt my trust mm -hmm. and, with you. And uh, what are some ways that we can, we can talk about it? And so it's like, one of my professors always talked about how if you have a, 
a picture on a table. I'm looking at it from one way and Austin's on the other side, other side of the table looking at the same picture. He's going to see something completely different. And that can cause some arguing like this is that or that is this, whatever. But when you're facing the same side, you both see the same thing. And then you can see a solution to the problem if you try and see where I'm going. And so these acronyms help you get side by side to look at the problem and to say, okay, how can we get through this? How can we overcome this? And what can we do next time to make sure this doesn't happen? Or when it does happen, how can we handle it better? And you know, like we said earlier, this will take a lot of practice. Definitely. It's not just, that's like anything. I mean, if you go to the gym, if you have struggles, you know, when you're first learning how to read and stuff, like it's, that stuff's hard. But over time, when you do it over and over again, it starts to become second nature. And that's what this can become for you when you express anger or when you're feeling angry. You can remember star and few. And eventually you won't have to remember that anymore because it'll just be second nature and you'll be able yeah. to cope with your anger and express it in a healthy way instead of being really passive or open and yeah. aggressive. Yeah, it'll just be the way that you continue to handle things. Can we said yeah. earlier, it'll just be the new neural pathway. So hopefully you'll learn some things about anger. Hopefully you'll learn how to control it, what unhealthy anger looks like, what dangerous anger looks like, and hopefully what anger, or healthy anger looks like and how you can turn your anger into healthy anger. So thank you again for listening. Um, we appreciate all the listens we get. Um, if you have any comments, leave them down below on YouTube. Reach out to us on Instagram, on Facebook, or on all the platforms. And as always, taking us out is the wonderful Danny D. Thanks for listening, everybody. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.